This is the Souls of San Francisco podcast by Souls of Society. I'm Dijon, founder of Souls of Society. Each week, we connect with a member of our community to hear their story and get to know them better so we can strengthen our community bond. All right, this is the second Souls of San Francisco podcast, and today we are here with Andrea Garcia, founder of Fancy Made. I'll give her a second to introduce herself and tell you what that is. My name is Andrea Garcia, and I am 29 years old, and I started FancyMade.com three years ago, and it's a platform in which I teach young females how to create anything from jewelry to fashion and things um, for music festivals. Great. And I got connected with Andrea through a mutual friend and was attracted to her creativity and her blog and just the energy she brings and got to know her a little bit and found out about her story. And she has a very interesting story about how she came to California and America and just uh, uplifting perspective in life in general. So I just wanted to have her on and uh, give you guys a chance to get to know her. So first... Can you tell me how long you've been in California and how you got here? So I was born in 1985, and I was born in Tamasula, Jalisco, Mexico. Jalisco is a state that's in the middle of Mexico, and I came to the United States um, along with my sister when I was five years old. And I've lived in the peninsula, Robot City, California, ever since then. So... And what were the circumstances of how you came to America? Uh, My parents came here before us, mom and dad, a year prior to us coming over. The reason why uh, was obviously like every other immigrant parent, um, very similar story. They wanted to provide a better future for us, for my sister and I, and give us more opportunities, um, especially as females, um, there'd be more opportunities for us here than opposed to staying and living in Mexico. So So how has it been for you um, being someone who wasn't born here? Like, was it easy for you to integrate into the culture? Did you see yourself as different? Have you always felt kind of at home here? I think it was rather easy for us in the sense that we already had a lot of family that lived in the United States versus other immigrants who come here and don't know anybody, don't have a home, don't have anything waiting for them. Um, Like I said, my parents had come here a year before and have found a home and everything. So when we came here, it was less traumatic of finding a space and we had a room set up and everything. But it didn't really um, settle that it was, you know, culture shock and different once I started going to school. Um, what we were fortunate about was that the year that we started school, they integrated the, um, Spanish English immersion program. So it was half Spanish and then English. But by the time I got into third grade, there wasn't any Spanish available. So that's essentially when I had to force myself to learn English. And it was very difficult, um, with the students, um, making fun of you not being able to say because or being able to spell the word because correctly. Um, It was very um, confusing, and I did feel very 
different as opposed to the other students. And it was a challenge when doing homework. I remember my mom would have to call my aunt over the phone to try to get help for homework. So in her own way, she would try to translate what was in the assignment because we had no clue what it was. And we would get our homework done through family members helping us translate um, certain things on on the homework sheet and whatnot. So that was um, that's always engraved in my head that my mom would go above and beyond to do that for us. So we would excel in school and be like, hey, we need help again. What's What does this word mean? And things like that. So, yeah. so initially you felt like an outsider because people were making fun of you about your accent or not being able to speak English? Yes, it was very difficult. Um, and unfortunately, I grew up being bullied for the way I dressed for the different customs um, that I had culturally versus what the other peers um, had. And I remember one particular story, which is it's kind of it's kind of funny now, but at the time I felt I felt very stupid. Um, around Thanksgiving, they asked us to bring corn uh, for this um, event or project we were doing. And I didn't realize that we were supposed to bring in canned food. And I showed up with actual like corn on the husk. Like, you know, the it wasn't what that was. And I felt really stupid looking at all the kids and they had their canned corn. And I'm over here, like holding my like actual corn and not really understanding what Thanksgiving was. And it was really sweet. Like my, I still remember her. She's always been my favorite teacher ever. Third grade. Her name's Miss Johnson. The cutest, most awesome lady ever who took her time to show kindness in the sense of showing me this is not, you know, like you're confused. This is what it is and things like that. And I remember she pulled me aside and she was like, yes, this is corn, but we kind of meant more like this and this you know, we're going to be doing like a can drive around Thanksgiving. People tend to give food back to the poor. And, you know, her taking the time to do that was very helpful. But I remember just sitting there and feeling very stupid in class that I literally rolled in with like corn, you know, like not the canned corn. So. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> because even though you came with like real corn as opposed to canned corn, that seems way more like connected. Like we have the organic food <laughs> movement and people are, you know, very conscientious about what they eat and put into their bodies. And it seems like you're just much closer to um, a natural way of living, yeah. you know, than like a, a more like traditional Americanized way. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you, or I mean, now do you feel like, do you think of yourself as, an American or do you see yourself as like Mexican-American or do you feel like you're naturalized here? How do you see yourself? I consider myself a Mexican-American. I was very fortunate to have the parents that embedded and instilled all the Mexican customs and cultures in me and they still do. And they didn't let us, just the fact that we were living in America, forget where we came from. Um, so I'm very fortunate in that sense. I know I can speak Spanish. I can read and write Spanish. It's something that I never forgot. Um, but for me, it's more of a challenge with knowing I am an American citizen in every possible way and not being recognized by, you know, the government. And 
now I've gotten to the point where I, I, it's not that I don't care, but I know who I am and it's not like I need their validation. But just with everything that's going on in the news and things like that, it's still very much it's, uh, upsets me in the sense that the immigrant community has not gotten the proper recognition it deserves because without it, this country wouldn't be what it is today. So, so what do you mean when you say not being recognized by the government? It's more of immigrants are seen as people that are taking away from the community and taking away from jobs and they're bringing, you know, crime and bad things into the country versus everything that they do for the economy, um, for the food you eat, for the childcare your children have, for that clean houses you have. It's just, it takes a village and most of the village is based on immigrants. It's built on immigrants doing these jobs and things for this country, and they're just not recognized. Um, I think in the sense because they're jobs that are not highly, um, they're just not seen very highly of um, versus, you know, a CEO and his job. It's like, oh, he's he has this awesome job versus the person that's cleaning bathrooms at a school Monday through Friday is not seen as, you know, and cleaning bathrooms is hard. So. <laughs> it's hard yeah. job too. <laughs> yeah, it's hard and it's important. And, you know, I notice that every restaurant that I go in, you know, like everyone that works in the kitchen are is the bus boy or any type of that position. They always seem to be Latino. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what type of restaurant it is. You know, it's like all types of food and yeah. Latinos are the ones cooking the food and I don't know, you know, what's more important than, like, who's cooking your food, you know? Um, So I definitely think they deserve respect. And um, it's also really interesting to me that people from the Western world, when they go somewhere else, they're called expatriates. And then when they're coming from, you know, like South America or just another another place, they're immigrants, Mm -hmm. right? So... I definitely think it's like a loaded term that means something else besides just people coming to a new country. You know, there's like class and probably race um, implications associated with those terms, Mm -hmm. you know. That's definitely true. So now that you are here and the reason why you came or your parents brought you was to have a better life, like what do you like to do? with your time and what's your dream for your life? Um, I am creative. So I like to make things and teach others how to make things. And that's kind of been my journey um, that I've come to realize that's what my overall purpose is. And that's what I like to do. And it's amazing how much I've been able to do regardless of my immigration situation And I reflect a lot upon the fact that, um, you know, I graduated from college and at that time I was lucky enough to um, intern for Warner Music and intern for Radio Alice and visit all the, you know, record labels in New York City and be in this environment that based on my current status as um, an immigrant I would not have ever stepped foot in a situation like that. Um, 
But I think for me, just the fact that they said, no, you can't do it was more a feel for, hey, I'm going to show you that I can. And, you know, it's created this entrepreneur um, energy and spirit in me where if I can't have those opportunities legally on paper, I'm going to create them for myself on my own, whether it's through social media, online podcast, YouTube channel, where I'm still able to pursue what I want to do, but in my own terms, because I don't have any other choice. And I think for that, it just has created a sense of appreciation for everything that I'm fortunate and lucky to have um, versus, you know, if I would have stayed in Mexico, just thinking about the difference that my life, it, it would have just been completely different. Um, I would have lived a very, very different life. And I often feel very um, guilty for my parents. Um, I have a lot of guilt in the sense that I see the type of lifestyle and the fact that I can creatively pursue and do all these projects and go to all these places or music festivals and have all these amazing opportunities. But my parents didn't have that at my age. And they may not be able to ever experience what I've experienced. And they sacrificed their lives, their full lives in Mexico to come here and be able to provide that for me. And for me, it's just, that's amazing to me that they would take on such a huge sacrifice to be able to do that for my siblings and I. So So you said you graduated college here. Um, I'm interested as to what your experience was like getting into college and even after college, like trying to find a job as an immigrant. So at the time, it was uh, very difficult to even get into a college because you obviously needed a social security number. And that's a lot of things that immigrants don't have. Um, but fortunately, by the time it was my time to go into school, um, they had created um, something new within the universities where you didn't have to have a social security number. They would just assign you a student ID number. So that's when there was that change between you were your ID was your social security. Now they have student ID numbers for students. So I was very fortunate in that sense. But so college was amazing and it was very frightening at first because being in high school, trying to apply for any financial aid was impossible. You have to be a citizen to get financial aid. Um, and most of the scholarships available to students were you have to be a legal resident or you have to be a citizen in order to obtain these scholarships, which my sister and I were not eligible for, you know, 90% of them. Um, a lot of the scholarships that we were able to attain were scholarships specifically created for immigrants or uh, for Latinos. And it was just um, kind of that little 10% that was there. Um, but my sister and I were very, very fortunate in the sense that one of the families that my mom worked for, um, they're very generous, very kind. And um, my mom has been working for them for, I think, over 20 years. And they decided that they wanted to um, fund my sister and myself, fund our entire college education, which was incredible because um, my sister and I are only a year apart. So my sister went into school first, 
and then it was me. So as a parent, when you have two kids going into college at the same time financially, that's very difficult. Um, but most people are able to get financial aid. And it was kind of like this huge blessing for us that um, this family was so generous with being invested in our futures. So college was awesome, but it was after college that everything kind of settled in in the sense that they say, yay, now you can go work and do all of these cool things and live out your dreams. And it was like, wait a second, I can't legally work anywhere and no one's going to hire me. I don't have a work permit. I don't have a social security number. So that's when reality sets in and it was just very frustrating not being able to um, pursue anything within corporate America. And that's, I believe, when my entrepreneur spirit really set in of, if they won't hire me, then if I can't work at a radio station, then I'll create my own radio station online. If I can't work for this TV station, then I'll create my own online show. So it was not letting the fact that I couldn't physically be hired in corporate America stopped me from pursuing my dreams. Um, and that is the struggle that a lot of immigrants face. They come out very prepared with their degrees. They have these amazing educations, but education, but once they graduate from college, they're unable to do anything with their degree and they can't pursue anything. And most of them, you know, either become entrepreneurs or they start their own businesses or they kind of, you know, take on those miscellaneous jobs just to get by and they don't necessarily have the opportunity to go on and pursue what, you know, the field that they studied in. But fortunately, um, on June 15, 2012, um, Obama passed DACA, which allowed immigrant students who have a degree or graduated from high school to be able to work legally in the United States. So I graduated from college in 07 and I couldn't have a real job till three years ago. And um, so that in itself was very, very difficult looking at my friends by this time around, they've already been on their second or third corporate job. And I'm over here like, hey, my life is just starting. <laughs> um, so that was very difficult. But now I'm glad that there's more of a, an appreciation and immigrant students who are very, very hungry to be able to give more to this country or given the opportunity to do so um, now. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. And I will never forget that day. Hmm. So, Well, you say your life is just starting. And I'm guessing you're referencing in relationship to corporate America. Yes. But you do have your own yes. YouTube channel and you're <laughs> an entrepreneur. And how long have you been doing the YouTube channel? Three years. And you built up a community there. What's your, how many subscribers or followers or views do you have? Um, so recently I hit over 1 million views. Which is 1 million a, views. Which is very exciting. Congratulations. It was, I got the notification at like 1230 at night and I just kind of cried and sobbed in my room because it was just, hey, I did it. 
because I had set this goal in my head and I was able to surpass that. And um, I'm over 20,000 um, subscribers and my social media has been growing quite a lot recently. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been really fascinating being able to see that and just looking at my life and seeing how much I, I was able to personally achieve under the circumstances that I was, you know, given. So I'm like, yay. <laughs> Anything is possible. Anything is possible, definitely. And, you know, it's easier to say not have experiencing those things, but yeah. I mean, I've experienced my own um, setbacks and limitations or, you know, life's little surprises. And it definitely sounds like it pushed you in a direction that was like more suited to who you actually are, you know, since you are a creative person. Yeah. And not having access to anything is probably frustrating, you know. Um, but it seems to me that making videos and creating the community that you've very successfully done seems much more suited than corporate America to yeah, your that's, person. Yeah, that's the craziest part is now what's difficult, at least for me, is trying to get that corporate job and they look at my resume and it's all like self-made businesses and all of these freelance projects that I've done for myself and they go, she has no corporate experience, I don't want to hire her. And it's just being rejection after rejection. And now talking to my friends are like, you don't want to work for corporate America. Right. So why do you want to work for corporate America as opposed to putting energy into monetizing your... I think for me, it was just given the opportunity to do so and to say, hey, I'm an immigrant and what's up? I'm working at Google. And, you know, like it was more of I did it like hey, corporate America, I'm here, you know. Um, but I also see that my path and my direction in life is just the, the other way. And um, I'm, I, did, I had this interview with this corporate company uh, recently, and just being in there, I'm like, this is awesome, but this is not me. And the woman that was interviewing me, she was looking at my resume and she said, I feel like you are too creative for this company. Like, I feel like you, we would like emotionally like hurt you somehow mm -hmm. if I wouldn't want to hire you because I feel like you're so creative and you're doing so well in all these aspects of your life that it would make no sense for you to to be here. And for me, just having that interview and being there was a privilege enough of, Hey, I got this interview with this really cool, you know, company. And, um, but it was, it's interesting, but for the non-immigrants, for the immigrants that are not creative, it's an even bigger frustration, um, when they want to be engineers or they want to be, you know, in marketing and, you know, more of like the Silicon Valley jobs where they just can't even get a foot in the door because their resume has no prior experience because of their immigrant immigration situation where they unfortunately just could not even get an internship or have those entry-level jobs to work their way up. They mm -hmm. just didn't have that opportunity. So they're very talented and they can do amazing things, but they just don't have that 
base in which to do it from. And for me, that's just very sad and it's very, very frustrating to see that. So hopefully things will change soon. So it sounds like the specific circumstances that you've lived through have really molded your character. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't take anything for granted. I think everything is a blessing and I just constantly am reminded of where I came from and you know what my parents do and um, it's just the jobs that they have is not necessarily what they've wanted to do with their lives and they sacrificed it and they said I need to make money so you know my mom is a house cleaner she's for a lot of families in Palo Alto my dad works for a cable company now and I mean, my dad was going to go to medical school in Mexico. My mom was one of the top executive secretaries for the largest, like, sugar factory in Mexico, and she lived there at the time. So it's like you go – I look at their life, what it was in Mexico versus here, and it's just so different. And their talent over there are not necessarily recognized here, so it just makes it even worse, I guess, or sad. (laughs) So a question, um, I don't, I've never been to Mexico and I don't know that much about it. Um, but if they had those types of careers, were they not in a position to like really give the life they thought they wanted for you or it seems like they were. So my, my dad wanted to go to medical school, but he had to drop out because his family was poor and they didn't have the money. Um, and it's like you're you're okay there, but it's not it's kind of like your struggle it's a constant struggle. And there's a lot of um, politics involved. There's a lot of um, crime that goes on there, a lot of um, it's just not the safest environment to grow up, especially for like a female. And so I think that's when my parents are like, what are we gonna do here? What are the girls gonna do? Because I feel like if I would have stayed there, my aspirations to be anything strong as a female would have been kind of pushed down of more in the in the sense of culturally, you know, you're going to be an amazing housewife. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for someone who has ambitions, it's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to do that. But over there, it's just kind of, it's engraved in your head that this is the kind of life that awaits you and you're gonna be a housewife and you're gonna have a lot of kids and that's just what it's gonna be like for a female so it's different (laughs) so what's your relationship like with your parents like uh since they kind of in a sense gave up their dreams are are kind of put you know the freedom in you What kind of dynamic does that create between you guys? Um, I'm extremely close to my mom. I have a better relationship with my dad now. Um, But for me, it's like a constant. uh, I I feel like every choice that I make has to be the right choice because I can not let my parents down. And everything that I'm doing now is essentially for them. And it's it's not so much for I want to be successful and I want to have this amazing family and I want to have this amazing house and I want to be able to provide for my children it's more of I need to be successful so I can 
buy my mom that house and I can provide for them when they're older and have them be comfortable and send them on trips and be like, go on vacation, take some time off. You don't need to work anymore. So it's more of like not so much for myself that I'm trying to work really hard to um, have a good foundation for the future. It's more for my parents. Um, and if they're happy, I'll be happy. You know, if I, if I have a room in their house, cool. That's, that's totally fine with me. Hmm. So. <laughs> so you said if they're happy, you'll be happy. Yeah. So do, do you feel like you're happy now? Yes. I am very happy. Is it because you're living your dreams or? It, because it is, I am living my dream and a lot of people don't get to do that. They're not giving the opportunity to do that. And just the fact that I can do that every day is just, how can you not be happy? You know, um, it's, I can go and do work and love everything that I do within my work. And other people are unfortunately stuck in circumstances that they don't want to be in, but they do it because they have to provide. So, yeah. And how do your parents feel about your creativity and the way you've chosen to embody your freedom? Um, my parents are very proud of me. Um, they obviously want the best for me. I think my mom would have, wanted me to have more of like a, you know, how parents usually want you to pick a career that's very stable, um, like a dentist or something. Um, so it's been interesting for her seeing me on this creative path where I'm consistently working on like 5 million projects at the same time. But I think she has found an understanding that that's just who I am as a person. And if I'm able to make that work in my own way, then she's happy for me in whatever way that is. Cool. So, yeah. So tell me more about the creative projects that you do. So I have worked in, so I, I used to do radio television. I had a radio show for a very long time, and so that was my big first creative project. So I used to produce a radio show it was once a week uh, for 90.5 KSJS, the San Jose State radio station. And I created a really cool fan base. It was an um, indie rock show. Um, I had the privilege of inviting every possible band that was in town to come to my show. So that really set the foundation for um, me wanting to connect with other people. Then I moved on into more um, background, more production, more shooting and editing and video and things like that. So I got an appreciation for more behind the scenes versus being on the air, being on in front of the camera. And recently, it was kind of an accumulation of a lot of projects and things I've worked on where now I'm at a point where I have a YouTube channel and I teach people how to make things anywhere from, like I said, costumes, jewelry, clothes. But then I also dabble in creating um, decorations for events, birthdays. Um, I just did a bridal shower, baby showers, um, and even weddings. I've done weddings. So doing an array of decorations, backgrounds, costumes for people. It's just a lot of different things. Sometimes I can't keep up with my own head, but it's exciting because it's different every single time. So. And how would you describe your aesthetic? Uh very glittery very glittery <laughs> um it's 
I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of everywhere. I don't know if that answers the question. Like, um, I'm just very passionate about what I'm doing. And for me, it's more of like, I have to create because not for to get paid. I need to create because I have to get whatever's in my head out. And I have to create this thing just for myself to feel good about myself. It's like, they call it the creative itch and you just do it. And even if it just sits in your house and you spend like three days on it, then it's just, you just have to get it out. Like you make this piece and it's there and it's like, okay, I can go on with my life and do something else now. Um, but yeah. And that creative impulse is just something that's always been there for you? Yes. There wasn't like a moment where you were like, oh, now I feel like I'm a creative person. I need to do things. No, and it's funny because before I used to get made fun of for my creativity and being that like weird kid that used to show up in like all these homemade costumes and, you know, kids used to bully me a lot and I would get made fun of because I wouldn't buy the store-bought costumes, you know, like the cute princess, whatever, I'd, I'd show up with like green face paint and I was a witch and I made my dress and my cap and I was made to feel bad for that but in turn it was like my greatest strength because what made me really strange before kind of sets me apart now and I've learned to embrace that and it was just I'm glad I never stopped creating because people thought it was weird or strange at the time I'm glad I kept doing it and now it's like oh that's really cool I'm like I know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're you're vibing out with your creativity and who you are. Yeah, and I think for me, I've kind of reached a point where it's more about my work is not so much um, getting recognition for my work. It's more about inspiring others to be able to feel free to do the exact same thing and to have that freedom of if you have this kooky, crazy idea about a costume or something that you want to do, um, for Halloween or you want to do something with your hair, it's just do it and create that space to show people like it's okay to just be your own beautiful and perfect self and put yourself out there. So just be you. <laughs> awesome. Well, what's one of your favorite things about yourself? Um, my favorite thing about myself is how loving I am. And I love that, um, that I'm not, I, I don't hold back on the amount of love that's inside of me and I give it out like candy, you know, like it's to strangers, to my close friends. And before too, it was like, why are you so loving and emotional? And now it's like, that makes me awesome. And I don't know why I'm crying. I'm always crying. (laughs) (laughs) And was that also something you feel like you just kind of innately were, just like an incredibly loving person? or I've always been like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you feel like has been the biggest influence on your like personal and or creative development? My mom. Is your mom a creative also? Yes. She's, I call her the Mexican Martha Stewart. Um, she's very crafty. Um and I learned everything from her. So when we were younger, since 
Since we didn't have a lot of money, she would take us to Michael's to pick up crafts for the week. And that would entertain us throughout the week. So we didn't have, like, expensive toys or anything. But we made things. And um, I remember one time it was so funny. Um, she was like, okay, we'll go make something with your sister. And then we came back and we had collected all these, like, old snail shells from the backyard. Um, the sh just the shell, whatever. And we washed them and we painted them. And we made them into a necklace for her. And we were like, here you go, Mom. And it was one of those, like, oh, thanks, you kind of shouldn't have. Um, but that was, like, my childhood is just um, being resourceful. And I always, I always tell people um, that I'm so glad I grew up in a way poor because it taught me to be resourceful and to be creative with if I don't have – if I can't buy new clothes, how can I make my clothes look new? Or how can I um, make or do this if I don't necessarily have the money for it? Mm -hmm. And I think with um, it's good to for younger generations to know that they don't have to necessarily go out and pay you know hundred dollars for a t-shirt, and they can go thrift and help the environment, or they can you know make their own t-shirt recycled from other t-shirts and things like that. So. Um, but getting back to your question, it was just my mom, you know, she's, she's always been crafty, always decked out the house in Easter, Christmas. She was always really big on, um, birthdays and making birthdays a big deal. And I think she instilled that in me and, you know, um, being very creative and for my friends and making a big deal out of their birthdays is like really important for me. So I definitely got all of that for my mom and she's really emotional and really loving too. So we always tend to like cry about the same things. So <laughs> I think I'm worse than her now, but yeah. You cry more than she does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crying's healthy, you know, it is It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, so you were saying that, your vision is, you know, to support your parents and make sure they can stop working. And, um, you know, I take it that means that you've achieved a certain amount of, like, success, like kind of worldly success with your creativity. Um, what does that success look like to you? Like if you try to envision, you know, your life over the next five or ten years to get to that point where you can support your parents in that way, what does that mean? I think being able to expand my platform and find ways in which I can engage and connect with people even further, but at the same time be able to um, have it be my career and be able to financially maintain myself, whether it's selling the products that I teach people how to make or it's creating workshops where I physically work with you and teach you how to do these things. Um, so just expanding and finding ways in which I can make this my full-time job and full-time living. And I think it's like the financial stability will come, but it will also be something that's still me and it's still fulfilling for me. So it's, it's taking care of my parents, but at the same time also living out, you know, my dream and how I want, you know, just being happy and I'll be able to do both I feel. Um, so these jewelry pieces that you're talking about are DIY pieces. Do you sell them now? Yes. 
And where can um, we find those? So if you go to fancymate.com, I have a direct link to my store. And everything is very affordable um, because I take into consideration that the demographic that follows me is fairly young. And I don't expect a 14-year-old to pay $500 for something. Um, but currently, at the moment right now, um, I set out where everything that you purchase from my Etsy store, I'm donating um, one year's worth of of the of the how much I make during the year um, this year, 2015, uh, to a, an organization very dear to my heart. So um, there's I can do custom orders and things like that. But basically, what I'm doing now is what I produce a video of where I teach you how to make it. I also make it available for those that want to just purchase the item and not necessarily make it for themselves. So, Because there's people that are really crafty and other people that it's just too complex. And they're like, can I just buy it from you? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that you have the store where you're selling things that you're making. And you were also saying you were interested in maybe for the people that wanted like face-to-face -face or hands-on craft instruction doing mm -hmm. workshops for those people? Is that something you currently offer? So not as of right now. I don't have anything like set up in the next couple months, but I've done it in the past where I've teamed up with um, local mom-and-pop shops um, before, and um, we do workshops in their space, and that also um, allows you to get to know other mom and pop shops in your area and support their vision, what they're doing. Um, I had one where I did a uh, upcycled sweater workshop where you bought your own sweater. We provided the materials and we taught you different ways in which you could um, make your sweater new. And we did it um, in this little cute shop um, with my friend Toei. I was called Eco Monster. So she used to sell a lot of items from different people around the world, handmade items. And we did it there. We had a really good turnout. Um, I've also done a f um, two at universities where they've asked me to come and do a workshop with their students and things like that. So I think um, that's something that in the future I would like to offer more of and just um, maybe be a little bit more proactive in looking for other shop owners and people to work with in the community um, and you know, hopefully inspire others to create things for themselves because I think a lot of people think it's quite difficult but once you break it down it's not that hard <laughs> right on yeah all right so then tell me um you're telling me kind of in broad terms you know that you want to be happy and you want to provide for your parents but tell me in like very specific terms what Andrea's life is like in 10 years where do you live do you have a house do you have your own media network like what is it I think for me the end goal would be to be able to travel um I would want to be able to travel to different states um go to music festivals um have a booth at music festivals teach a workshop during the day at music festivals of things that you can make to wear at the festival have a booth where if you want to purchase some of the items you can also and just be able to travel and connect with other people and show them what I do and hopefully it will inspire them to do the same. Um, so a very busy life down the road for me um, in the sense that 
I just always want to be doing something and I don't see myself not creating. So anything that can provide me that I think will be, will be good for me. Um, I definitely hope to connect with more people on my YouTube channel, um, be able to kind of open, not so much um, specifically teaching people how to do things, but also open conversations and kind of do more of get to know me and, you know, spew out some, I don't want to say knowledge because, but um, kind of just share what I've been through with the hopes that it will inspire others. Um, to find comfort knowing that they're, you know, not alone. And um, especially with younger kids, just the whole like bullying thing really affected me younger. So I guess be a good role model to other people to just make them feel like they could come to my channel and find that they don't feel alone from being different or weird or, you know, being from another country or being into making costumes and things like that. So just kind of really connect with others and just provide a space where they don't feel alone. I think in the long run is what I want. That's awesome. You're just share all this love. I think it's really cool that you're very like, all of your dreams seem to involve providing things for other people, whether it's your parents or a good example for kids coming up after you very focused on, you know, the community, which I think is a beautiful thing. And I'm sure uh, the community will support you. I hope so. Yeah. I, I think in general, it's just, it's more about living a life filled with purpose. And I think a lot of us forget that success is just inner happiness, not necessarily um, the position you have at your work. And it's just something that I feel a lot of people struggle with every day. And I think once you take the leap of doing things for yourself that feel good to you more, then it's just your life just gets happier and happier and happier. And then you were like, why did I stay in this job for 25 years? You know, like it's, it's one of those things. So outside of being creative, which obviously you love, what else makes you happy? What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> Well, I love going to music festivals um, because I get to spend quality time with my friends there, and it's memories that I'll never forget. I love dancing. I think I was probably a dancer in a past lifetime. Um, I love to dance. Um, I love going to um, events to support other creatives. That's always fun because you get to network and meet you know other creatives like yourself. Um, so it's always in the creative field really um recently I've been doing a lot more exploring in my own city being a tourist in my own city as well and kind of finding those like cool restaurants or cool shops or cool areas that you know I never knew were there and I've lived here like my whole life practically so that's more of what I've been getting into recently awesome yeah so maybe I think uh that's a great summation of like what I feel like your energy is I feel like you really are an awesome person and I really appreciate you coming thank you to share share yourself um if maybe if you could say like your website where people can find your work and maybe tell them about the video you're most excited about making or the most recent one you made um so recently I did a lot of 
uh, videos for EDC, which already passed, um, but a lot of content for um, getting you guys ready for the music festival season, which is currently going on right now. Um, there's Outside Lands coming up. There's a lot of other fun festivals um, that you can check out on my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash fancymade, but everything is on my website, fancymade.com. It's the word fancy and then M-A-D-E dot com. That's me. <laughs> and what's one of the last videos you made? You said it was for Outside Lands, but... No, it was one of the last videos that I did was um, for EDC. So I think, I believe it was the um, these flower cat ears that you could wear if you wanted to wear some little, something different than the flower crown. And they're fun and festive and they're very affordable to make so um, try making something before you purchase it because sometimes yeah people can spend a lot of money on new things so and thrift I highly recommend you guys go thrifting pop some tags huh pop some tags like Macklemore says right pop some tags yeah <laughs> come up <laughs> <laughs> alright well thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing thank you for having me